Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. It's Saturday lunchtime. Which means it's crunch time on SEN. Crunchy fried chicken by Red Rooster. Yes, good afternoon everyone and welcome to Crunch Time. Thanks to Red Rooster. Try the new triple cheeseburger the Rooster's calling. What a day to have a triple cheeseburger uh, there from Rooster. The Red Rooster, of course. Uh, we have got a day which... I dare say people, millions of people are clamouring around the old wireless because you can't do anything else in old Sydney town. We are blessed today by the great man, Andrew Webster. Go, Webby. G'day, Joel. thought you were leaning out across to shake my hand. It was a bit weird, wasn't it? Yeah, Joel? it was very weird. And we're also blessed, Good start. Webby, by Hollywood royalty. We are. The man named Brendan Cowell, who's featured in uh, shows such as Game of Thrones. In more recent times, Avatar, which is coming out, the sequel there. G'day, Brendan. G'day, mate. Yeah, that's that's the two credits, and then the third one is here, crunch time, <laughs> where, I, where I'm absolutely peaking. But, yeah, this studio seems like the safest place to be in Sydney right now, doesn't <laughs> it? Is. It? it absolutely Unless is. Unless we float away yes. down, um, down Berry Street. And I have floated down Berry Street a couple of times <laughs> in the late 90s. Um, don't know about you guys. Yes. But, uh, yeah, lo- lovely to be back. Oh, it's great to have you here, <laughs> Webby, and great to have you here as well, Brendan. Now, just to, to get onto this, quite often you'll see celebrities who are tied to a club but do they really follow them? You're seeing Snoop Dogg there in the South Sydney hat. Yeah. Does he really tune in for the games? And I think a lot of people would like to know, Brennan, you are quite publicly a Sharkies fan, and we'll talk about yeah. the Sharks a little bit later on, but do you genuinely watch them week in, week out? Yeah, I, I absolutely do. I mean, people people say, how, how did you come to be a Sharks fan? I mean, I, I'm from Cronulla, and, mm. you know, I played um, rugby league since I was four, and, um, you know, I went to school with Adam Dykes, and, Adam Ritson and ET coached us when yeah. when we when I played reps on the rare occasion and and your sister dated a reserve grade player and you know all that stuff and Shark Park was you know the mecca yeah. um so yeah I, I love the sharks and um yeah I, I mean this this is the year isn't it 2016 was the year of the shark it's five years later it feels right um you know it's flooding everywhere who who thrives in floods exactly. sharks do in the murky waters Sharknado exactly so do you as far as the Sharkies go, what what jersey would young Brennan, Brennan Cowell have worn back in the day? Were you a halfback? Were you a five-eight? Were you a forward? I was thinking what sponsors were around. <laughs> was it the Ronson Oval yes. or the Cowell? No, it was pre-Cowell. Ronson, I think it was. It was a, a hairdryer. Um, no, I was firmly implanted in the Bs. Oh, yes. Never the Cs, never no. the As. Right. But I tell you what, I was unwaveringly Bs. Yes. Um, and I was I was a ball player. Mm. Um, so kind of a kind of a five eight yeah. role. Um, often um, on I had a bit of pace back in the day, and I ended up playing full uh, fullback. Right. Um, late in my career in the under sixteens, but. Um, I remember Adam Ritson breaking the line and running at me, and I kind of, you know, I was told to go high and yeah. then drift down, <laughs> oh, drift and down. Uh, yeah, and, drift. and uh, slide down. Yeah. And so I went high, tried to slide down, and his legs just pumped up, <laughs> carried me uh, uh, twenty meters <laughs> over the line. Yeah. And um, you know, I remember just around that time you'd you'd have the off season um, where you'd go to Noosa or something, mm. and then you'd come back. And, and around that time, the boys that 
they just they'd grow a foot and they'd be huge and they'd have beards. Yeah. And I remember coming around going, I just don't know if this is me <laughs> anymore. I might go for the emotional pain of the yeah. creative arts yes. rather than the physical pain of playing fullback for Dela, you know. And I think that the 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 indelible truth was I just wasn't that good. You're right. Um, but I'm not bad at Oztag. Uh, but yeah, a lot of actors kind of throw the old scarf on these days, trying to give themselves a bit of you know working class grit. Yeah. But you know you can quickly tell who's the real deal. Who? Which other famous Australian actor? are legitimate league fans. Now, I know Simon Baker, he is right into the eels. I think that's – he's a Paramount yeah, – true so blue, legit, legit yeah. Parramatta supporter. Russell yeah. Crowe, some would say, is a bit of a fair weather. Really? Set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, uh, may have put some millions of dollars into his club over the years. But which yeah. one? Which one's a fair income? I went to do that with the Sharks, but they did do um, <laughs> contactless. Uh, <laughs> now, I, uh, I've got a tip bowl, a tipping competition with a few actors, have fantastic you? actors stuff. Is uh, Steve Lamarquin, yeah, um, one of Australia's finest. Um, and my, my mate Andy Ryan, who's in Love Child, he's a mad Queenslander. Um, so there, there's there's kind of lots of writers, directors. And actors kind of out. Patrick Brammel, mm. big Canberra Raiders fan. Matt Lenevez. Oh, um, we know from, Matt, yeah. Yeah, yeah, from Offspring. I think he was Dr. Pat and got hit by a car. Um, <laughs> he, he's a massive Raiders fan. So mm. they're out there. You, you just know. don't think about that, do you, Webby? Like, uh... Oh, I do. I, that's what I love about rugby league. So I was in Russell, without name dropping, yeah. I, was interview, I, interview, I got summoned to Russell's apartment a couple of um, weeks ago for an interview. And you're sitting there and it's like you're talking like to a mate in the pub mm. about footy and then you go, oh, I'm sitting in a luxury apartment in Woolloomooloo yes. talking to one of the greatest actors of, you know, of all time about whether the storm will go, come back to the field this year, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. bizarre. And then you go conversely and go and sit with Nick Politis who's worth, according to BRW, $1.4 billion. Yeah. And you sit, you're sitting there talking about hamstrings and calves and yeah. player movement and what Russell said about, Sombreros and the like, you know, it's it's it cuts yeah. across all denominations uh, regularly. It's amazing. It's a, it's an amazing uh, sport. And, and but to think that there are Hollywood A-listers who are playing rugby league tipping comps, you know, like, it, it's yeah. quite remarkable. Do you see yourself as a Hollywood A-lister? Absolutely. What? I see myself as a Newtown B-lister. <laughs> Again uh-huh. in the B grade. <laughs> Can we? And I asked you this before no, we come look, on I, here. Have I, you have you got have you got a, have you like Russell? Russell's got the one voice. Yeah. Yeah. He's got he's got the Maximus voice. He's got his thirty foot grunt voice as well. <laughs> yeah, his two voices. <laughs> but I think um no, which I, one I'd prefer. I don't see I, I haven't spent a lot of time in LA. I've I've been in London the last five years and I was saying to Joel with those apps and everything, it's mm-hmm. unbelievable. Um I watch more rugby league in, in London um than I did here because you wake up at eight in the morning and you've got two games. Yeah. Perfect. So it's a great way to start the day. Mm. In the night you've got a you've got a lot of stuff going on. But I, I realised the other day when the indigenous um all-Stars game came on and I just started relaxing and I thought, gee, I've been a bit tense for five months. And then I realised, <laughs> this is my meditation. Yeah. Like, because you can just follow the ball. I know what's happening, but I don't have to think. And I've just oh. like, away from being creative and all the madness and chaos of our industry, which is, you know, especially now with COVID, rugby league is just this beautiful place to disappear and I've <laughs> yeah. missed it. So it- I think it adds... I think it gives us, you know, something else. It's it's a it's a kind of dynamic mm. um, 
to, to our or, lifestyle. Or for some of us, it gives us structure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Structure and discipline. Yes, therapy. Uh, therapy. 0457-736-736 to have your say. Now, uh, we're talking Hollywood, we're talking Game of Thrones, we're talking Avatar. Now, what we're going to do a little bit later, Brendan, and I'd love the listeners to chime in here with their two bobs, 0457-736-736, is we're talking specifically about Harag, your... Uh, yeah. particular character in Game of Thrones. Yeah. What I would like you to do, and Webby, I know you're a big Game of Thrones fan, Massive. is to think about the cast. And if we had to recast Game of Thrones, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. who could play who? Who would be Jon Snow? Yeah. Um, Russell Barwick, uh, previously in Around the Grounds, he said that maybe, you know, who do you look for when you're in trouble? You look for Jon Snow, you look for Boyd Cordner. That's the type of thing. We're not looking about looks or thinking mm. about looks. We're thinking about characters. So we're going to get into that a little bit later on. But speaking of characters... Harag was your character as far as Game of Thrones was concerned. And in the upcoming Avatar, the sequel, Mick Scoresby. Now, there's a bit of a mm. theme here. You're getting a bit of a niche as far as being a sea captain. I know. And I don't like boats. <laughs> no, no, don't you? It's very weird yes. that I keep playing these bad pirates. <laughs> um, I, I, I think it might be the fact that I, I don't have those kind of matinee idol looks. Mm. I'm not sure. I'm trying not to read in that too much. But I tell you what, they're the fun parts. Oh, yeah. You know, and... Uh, Harag was unbelievable fun. It, it came off the back of doing a play, and I got the audition, and I um I went in there, and it, you know, and 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 had a crack, and then they came back and they said, look, just lose any comedy or irony or anything, just be as disgustingly violent as possible <laughs> and genuinely terrifying, because right. these guys, they're medieval, they don't oh, care, no. they, they they'll eat, they'll eat and kill anything. Yeah. Um. So I went back in, and went righto. And, um, you know, and uh, channeled the uh, 2016 Cronulla Sharks forward pack and oh, got yeah. the part. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you who could maybe play that after watching him last night, who just goes bull out of the gate, Jazz Tavanga. Oh, yes. Yeah. Jazz Tavanga. And, and Joey John's come up with this uh, call. He said that it wasn't about Jazz Tavanga, it was about another player, but he was talking about the fact that he didn't believe that player had a mirror at their house, the way they were small and just attacked and attacked and attacked and attacked the big fellas. So is, he, is he in trouble, uh, match review? Yes, he is. Yes, Jazz Tavanga is in trouble. Have they trouble. come out, those... Um, the charges? Yeah. Uh, that's you your job. You... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm not used to doing journalism like work on a Saturday. No, 0457 736 736. Well, you did do a piece this week talking about the Golden Slipper. I did. Yes. The... Usually I stop horses. Yeah. My stories can stop a horse, yeah. like a second favourite, like... Uh, like um uh what nature strip or something no, like that. No, no, well, I can't remember the name of the horse that I did. The Freeman's the second favourite. No. Horse I know. Uh one running at the moment or yeah, a the, the, horse? the second favourite in the slipper. Oh, oh yes. God. Oh yes, 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 yes. I'll get to that in a second. Um, That's a good memory fade anyway. Yes, it is. Anyway, I, but I this this too. time I've stopped the entire meeting. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I've got a beautiful, big, well crafted fifteen hundred word word piece in the uh the Herald today and um no meeting. No. Uh Profiteer, no, 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 the second no. Stay inside. Stay inside. Stay inside. You know what? Because I ever try to, I go to say it, I say inside edge. Yes. Yeah, stay yes. inside. Well, it's a definitely a theme for the day, isn't it? it Absolutely. Is. Stay inside. I like that. What's the go-to today? Like, if you, we're not working today, boys, what's your go-to on a day like today? There's no sport really on in and around Sydney. What are you doing? Until the footy comes on. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> tra- trawling Netflix. <laughs> Stan. 
<laughs> it depends if you Reading. if you live on your own. If mm. you live on your own as a man, you probably can't say what you're doing for those three hours. But you know, <laughs> you've yeah. been you've been hanging around Joey too long. Yeah, I that's tell. true. Yeah. No, I, I I've been getting into those fr- uh, free athletics classes where you're on the app and you do it on the map, yeah. and you, you can basically do a 45 minute hit class in a one square meter space. Oh wow! On your own, so I do a bit of that. Do a bit of reading. Mm. Reading's beautiful. Yeah. Um, and then um, Cameron Smith book out at the moment. If you would like to <laughs> oh, is pick it up, yeah. Is it a good read? Yeah, apparently. What's apparently. it called? The Wrestle. What is it? <laughs> the Wrestler. The Wrestler. <laughs> the wrestler too. Hey, hey boys, uh, big win for the Newcastle Knights yesterday. Uh, Co-captain Jaden Braley is about to join us, but I just want to take you to a press conference here, and I want you to rate out of ten how happy Adam O'Brien, the coach of the Newcastle Knights, gets after these big wins. Yeah. Yeah, really proud. Yeah, I just got finished telling them that. I was, I thought it was, I don't know what the stats are, and I'm not massive on the stats. So I can tell when we've had a go and when we haven't, but I think there was up around 118, 120 more tackles. That's a lot of sets of six, and we showed a lot of, a lot of grit. What about happy. that? Absolutely. Last week was the same thing. Uh, joining us now is the co-captain, Jaden Braley. G'day, Jaden. Hey, guys. How are you? How are we going to cheer the coach up? <laughs> What's that? How are we going to cheer the coach up? He's pretty happy, wasn't he? After the game. <laughs> uh, so he should be, yeah. He's, um, <laughs> when he's in, that, in that sort of mood. He, uh, sometimes he can, can be up pretty intense up in the box. But, um, yeah, it's definitely good as a player to see him um, proud of us, for sure. Hey, Jaden, congratulations on your game last night and your win. And, and as it stands right now, you've never lost a game as a Newcastle Knights. Four games and uh, four wins. And I just love how you're functioning. I know that Brett Kamali thinks that you could easily one day be in that sky blue jumper. So congratulations on your start. I want to talk about the game, though. I reckon there was about 80 completed sets, mm. which is astronomical. How did you find it out there? Um, yeah, it was a, definitely a very tough game. Um, Probably not the. It's a new Warriors side. I mean, in the past, they've probably been known for their flair and not as much completions. And they're definitely a different footy side this year. They completed really well uh, last night, and uh, they completed well last week too. And, and, and they really put the pressure on us. So um, yeah, it was, a, it was a bloody tough game. But um, we, we, as when we were behind on the scoreboard in that last ten minutes, it was good to see that we were able to play our way back and, and show a little bit of grit and, and just find a way to win. So um, I was just so so proud of the boys. Jane, the old rules about wet weather football don't seem to apply anymore. Mm. So what we've seen this weekend, the weather's been terrible, but um, both uh, uh, Thursday and Friday night, there was plenty of ball movement and that was a really fun game to watch last night. Um, was it fun to play and uh, was it, you know, three tries each? It was a pretty tight one that you you guys sort of came away with at the end, mainly through some pieces of brilliance from Bradman Best. Yeah, he was unreal for us, Brady. Um, as you said, with completions, I think obviously with the last couple of games for round two, it obviously was a focal point for every team, completions, especially in the early rounds. Completions is plays a big part in, in winning footy games and um, especially in the wet. So um, obviously at the end there with Brady, a bit, bit of bit of brilliance from the beast um, got us home, and um, I thought he was best on the park last night. We're, we're so lucky to have him, and it's uh, pr- pretty crazy that he's only 19 years of age, and, and he's having such a big influence on games. So he's only going to get better, and um, yeah, can't wait to see him um, keep going in 2021. 
Do you, do you see him do little things like that at training? Like, are you not surprised by some of the, you know, the flick passes, the Gidley-like flick pass mm. that we saw uh, to set yeah, up? Yeah, not track? at all. He, um, yeah, he's 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 a beast. Like he, he practices it at training um, every day um, with the edges and with his combinations with Heimel. Heimel hung the wing, who I thought was unreal for us last night as well. Obviously scoring two tries and um, his carries carries in yardage really puts us on the front foot. So. Um, yeah, it's definitely not uh, a fluke. But Brady does practice all those things at training and um, pulls it off uh, when the pressure's on. Mate, it's Brendan Cal here, um, Australian actor, Sharks fan. <laughs> we do miss you down there at the Shire. Um, people in these have been asking where you are. Um, I just want to know, what's it like growing up? And there's two number nines in the family. Um, how does that happen? Like, Dad's playing the ball. Do you both try to jump in <laughs> and feed the halfback? How did you work out that you were both number nines? And how do, how do you both practice um, together in the in the family setup? I'm fascinated. <laughs> oh, growing up, we both um, just try to take each other's head off. Yeah, I think, right, um, right. when we were younger. But, <laughs> no, nah, I guess we uh, obviously at Sharks, we got to play a bit of football together and a lot of our extras and um, things at training, we, we did a whole lot together. And, and growing up, we obviously watched the same same amount of footy together and um, mm. looked for the same things. And um, like we really worked tra- worked and trained hand in hand from a really young age. And um, I guess we sort of helped each other. This game's going up and to help get us both here today. And because yeah. obviously he, Blake's a really good player as well, and I take a lot of things from his game because he brings. He's got uh, strengths that are often my weaknesses. So it was pretty special in that period where we were both playing together, especially at first grade level. And, um, yeah, I'll hopefully he has, a, he has a good game tomorrow night. Hey, Jaden, trivia question. Which team do you play in round six? Canola? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's on the fridge, isn't it? Oh, I, th- I think uh, Blake yeah, was circled. on... Sorry, I think Blake was on Vossi's show a few weeks ago saying he's already circled it and... Yeah. Ready to go. Are you both hoping that one day you'll play wing for the Roosters <laughs> and you can end your careers there uh, as, oh. as the wingers? Or how, how, oh. how do two, two number nines do that? We've got another one, uh, Taj, my youngest son. Oh, Taj. Uh, 17. Yeah, little Taj. He's, wow. he's uh, in Harold Matz. He's another hooker. So wow. he's trying to get there too. So hopefully all three of us can be uh, get here one day. But, um, oh, mate. Yeah, well, I've got to say, watching you last night, you shone, and I was just, um, you know, it hurts a little bit yeah. to see how well you're doing. But, uh, geez, some great football last night, mate. It was unbelievable to watch. Cheers. Thanks, mate. You know, I think the Sharks have got a good one in Blake anyway. He's um, obviously brings a lot of things that I, I don't, that I've probably not, um, that is my strong suit, I think. He's obviously got a great kicking game. And we'll send him some advice because your strong shark, suits so. are very strong at the moment <laughs> if you can. Thanks, mate. Thank you. No, you'll have a good year, Blake. He'll be, he'll be good for the Sharks. Jaden, I know you're probably sick of talking about it, but, you know, it's exactly this round last year that you did the ACL in your knee. Mate, you must mm-hmm. be very, very happy to be back and playing the type of football that you have in the, the first two weeks. Um, tell us how, how hard, you know, ACLs, they're not, they're not fun. Um, tell us how hard it was to come back from that. Yeah, it was very difficult, um, especially coming to a new club last year. Uh, I wanted to make a big difference to the Knights, and I felt like I could really bring a lot to the side last year. And um, to go down in round two last year, it was pretty heartbreaking. Um, it was a pretty pretty tough uh, physically, but mentally as well. Um, 
but I, I was really lucky. I've got a great um, support network here at the club, at home, and the physios and all the high performance unit here, here at the Knights really went above and beyond to get me back on the field. So, um, you know, I've had the fire in the belly for the past, you know, 12 months watching footy and, um, yeah, I'm just really, really happy to be back and um, I, I just really want to make up uh, for lost time last year. Well, you've only got one thing wrong in this interview so far, Jaden. You said that Bradman Best was the best player on the field. He was the second best player. You scored a try, 61 tackles. You were the SEN League man of the match. But I want to talk about Kalen Ponga. I mean, you've had two games, your two wins. Gee, you must be absolutely delighted that he's still back in the clubhouse. You got two wins without him. When's he back? And how happy are you about the scenario you're in? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we sort of spoke about how important these early games are, especially with those with the injuries we've got to the side. Obviously, of KP and uh, Blake Green's yet to come back too. Uh, Kurt Mann was out last night, so we're not full strength yet. So we've got a lot of improvement left in us and, and troops coming back. So um, hopefully we can go to another level when all those guys come back. But it's definitely pleasing that, that we've been finding a way to win. And I think these early rounds are really crucial for us in, in setting up our year. Hey, Jaden, are you a Game of Thrones fan? <laughs> yeah, I, I watched a fair bit of it last year. I think of up to the last season, yeah. We're, we're talking with, uh, of course, uh, Brendan being here about Game of Thrones characters and rugby league identities resembling those types of characters. Is there a character in your team who particularly resembles one of the Game of Thrones cast? Um, I reckon maybe Barney's a bit of a white walker. <laughs> Mitch Barnett. <laughs> I can see that. He's, he's ice Gary cold, Barney? isn't he? Oh. Jeez, he had a good game last night. T- tell me tell me that Clem is not the Night King. Oh, yeah. Have they not seen, been seen in the same room together? Come on. Some good nominations. Is, is, not, is it not a bit late in Clemmer's career to go the mullet, mate? Isn't that what you do when you're lost in your early 20s <laughs> and you're, you're trying to get some kind of personality going? What, what, can you explain Clemmer's mullet to me coming so late in his career? <laughs> It's a thick mullet. It's um, it makes him a little bit more scary, I reckon. Yeah, um, it does. Yeah, I like. I, I kind of like it to be honest. Bit bit rough. Nah, very 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 good. Uh, I know you got to go, Jaden. We appreciate your time on this Saturday. And um, look, you know what? To be honest, to win a comp, there's various things you need, and you guys tick most of the boxes. Clever dummy half, great half back, uh, powerful forward pack, strike outside back. You tick most of those. A superstar fullback. So dreams are free, Jaden. You never know. Congratulations on a great start at the Newcastle Knights. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, there he is, uh, Jaden Braley, man of the match last night on SEN League. Boys, he's just a uh, I tell you what, he speaks well. Absolutely. Yeah. But there's a lot Great of... Great interview. And I'm not at all comparing him to Cameron Smith, but where he has similarities is just that very measured composure, uh, makes no mistakes. And when the player in your team who makes the most tackles and handles the ball the most makes few mistakes, mm. it's a massive leg up. He rarely seems to make the wrong take the wrong option. Yeah. At a dummy half, yeah. and that's what Cameron was so good at. We definitely got rid of the the wrong but the, the wrong the wrong brother, didn't we? In retrospect, <laughs> oh, yeah. Hello let's, to you, let's Blake. make a reversal. I, I went to the game actually. Um, I went Whack. to the game uh, nights Bulldogs last week, mm. um, and uh, Kurt Gidley kindly got me a couple of tickets. And there was a fifteen minute wait on the Korean chicken burger. I just yeah. want to put that out there. Other than that, it was a great night. <laughs> uh, by the way, are you a chance of going out to? Uh, Cogra tomorrow? Yeah, I'll be I'll be at our home ground. Oh, you'll be there. Yeah, next yeah, yeah. Come on. The, the home of the Look, I'm a, dra- I'm a Dragons <laughs> fan, and you're sitting here talking about the Sharks. Can I just say this? 
You're better than that. Mm. Me? You're better than that. Mate, home is love. It isn't is. It? I know. It's wherever you find it. Believe and, me, I'm... You know, <laughs> even though Cogras got rid of the Sizzler, it's a great suburb. <laughs> yeah. My old dentist used to be there. And tomorrow I'll be At there. Sizzler. <laughs> I'll be there with a family member tomorrow afternoon going crazy, hopefully under a roof. Yeah, my, my four kids were born in Cogra. There you go. There. there and by go. the way, Blake Braley, if you're listening, if you score a couple of meaties and carve them up, just uh, point to the stand <laughs> there and give a, a thumbs up to our man Brendan. Love you, Blake. You're a good looking man. Yeah, there you go. So have your say. Uh, 1300 01170. You can text us as well. 0457 736 736. We're going to catch up with Peter Bedell a little bit later on as well to go through all things Broncos. But boys, I don't know if you got the chance to see the Knights taking the Warriors. Did you see that last night at all? Yeah, I did. I, I watched that game last night. I got a tip, tip from Andrew Johns actually saying that the Knights might struggle. Thanks, Joey. <laughs> uh, but the Warriors, they were so, they're so strong this mm. year and consistent. He seems to have focused on that defensively, the forwards. But they just lacked a little bit of a little bit of crazy, a little bit of personality yeah. in, in the backs. So I was waiting for them to kind of just play some footy that they used to. Yeah. And they probably were, went too much, too far the other way, yeah. I thought, the Warriors. But... Geez, that those Saifides, they they look good, the Knights, oh, they don't do. they? The, the whole thing with the Knights is how far through the year can they look good? Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. it's scary to think Ponga, you know, the electric Caelan K- Ponga hasn't played yet. They they could do anything, but can they maintain it? You, you it, mentioned Webby mm. about uh, Bradman Best not getting enough ball, and mm. that's quite true. And I think it's because Ponga's not playing. Ponga I, loves that mm. sweeping line. and I agree. But what I think Braley does is help... Mitchell Pierce's game. Yeah. It gives him a bit more time, doesn't put all the onus back on Mitchell. Mm. You know, I think Adam O'Brien said it towards the end of last year that, you know, the playmakers, the other playmakers in the team, the other key players in the team have to take some pressure off Mitchell because he's just trying to do everything. Yeah. And, that, and, that, and that's when his game comes undone. 300 games for Mitchell next week. Yeah. I've got a feeling he might be the youngest of all time to get to 300. We can check that out, but it's a huge, huge number. He used to be my ball boy many years ago. Uh, Mitchell Pierce. Mitchell Pierce. Yeah, back at the Tigers. So the time just flies like that, doesn't it? Um, to think uh, that all happens so quickly. Just thinking about Mitchell Pierce, and, and I would love for somebody to check this out, but I reckon last night there was a Guinness Book of Records broken for midfield bombs. Yeah. They, they, their Is that game their only plan, kick? Is that all they got? <laughs> their game plan well, was basically just, it was like a staring competition. They were going to yeah. stare at you until you broke. They would get to the halfway line. Mitchell Pierce would send up a towering bomb. I saw he did 22 kicks for the game. That's a massive amount of kicks mm. in a particular game. So, uh, anyway, have your say on the game. Uh, we've got a big show still to come, and we are all here thanks to Red Rooster. It's crunch time. Seize the cheese. Try the new triple cheeseburger today. Limited time, so get in fast. The Rooster's calling, and isn't it a calling on a day like this? Get into Red Rooster. That's the place to be. This is crunch time. Brendan Cowell, the great man Andrew Webster. I'm Joel Kane. Stick around and have your say on the text line 0457 736 736. This is Crunch Time on SEN. Crunchy fried chicken by Red Rooster. Got the ball away. Bromwich to Smith. Smith to Hampton. Hampton, can he find a gap? He gets the ball away. It's back to Smith. Smith gets it away to Cronk. Cronk's got Corabetti with it. Have they got a chance here? Corabetti's put down. The siren sounds. Cronulla have won it. Cronulla have won it. 14 to 12. You can turn the light out now. Uh, you certainly oh, could. Rabbi. Five years ago, you could turn the porch light out, Brendan Cowell. And uh, what a day for you. In your lifetime, you probably thought, will I ever see a Sharks victory? Well, you did. 
Oh, I sure did. And that, and just hearing that just stirs the emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Look, look oh you put on God. the rock, you put on the voice. Yeah. Oh. Is that the Hollywood voice you were, we were talking about? <laughs> I mean, what a great day. Jeez, it's emotional. I, <laughs> I, all year that year, because we, I don't know if you guys remember, we won 16 in a row. Yeah. That's um, without losing. I do remember. Um, and I, I was in, I'd moved to London that January and I'd been in a couple of shows and, um, all my mates and people back in Australia were like, "You're going to come back. The sharks are the sharks are winning. The sharks are winning. Yeah. Going to come back for the semis." And I'm like, I'm not coming back at all because if I come back, they'll start losing. Yeah, you can't change you know? it. I can't change it. Of course, that's my ego thinking. The reason why <laughs> they're winning is connected <laughs> spiritually with me. Um, but they kept winning, and and so it started to feel a little magic. And when you win 16 in a row. You can't, and, and the thing is, with, with with playing the storm, we've always really disrupted the storm. You know, we have more mm. problems with with your Titans or St George, you know, and stuff like that. We we love playing the storm because we kind of harass them and and interrupt them. But that day, I remember, um, you know, we got ahead, and and in the second half, I was watching from the hallway. I had about twenty mates there. We started yeah. at seven a.m. on the Coronas, and every Australian I knew was in oh, yeah. my living room, including um, Damien Irvine, the oh, ex-chairman. Right. My mother was there. I had a I had a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> um, every Aussie I could find. The, my living room was packed. It was unbelievable. Oh, yeah. It was eight ten in the morning or something like that. And um, I remember just watching the second. I had to go out for the at halftime. I had to go outside and throw the ball around because I was too anxious. Yeah. And then I watched the second half from the hallway, just like peering in, like how you watch a, <laughs> watch Wolf Creek or something. You know what I mean? And I remember just yelling at my mum, going, "We need a massive guy yeah. to just run, run up, you know, from the ten meter line. Yeah. We just need a massive guy. They're split up the middle. Enter who? Fafita. Enter Fafita. Yeah. Grabs the ball, reaches out, scores. But even then, I thought because five years before that, I was in Melbourne and I remember it was a qualifying final mm. and we were up by four. And then Billy Slater got it. You know, with a minute to go and just mm. weaved up the right-hand side with Smith and Cronk and he scored and our hopes again were shattered yeah. by the storm. And so it was like that movie script was playing over in my head of here we go, a bloody gang. Here we Billy go. Billy Slater is going to kill us. You know, yeah. something like that. And, and then you look at that final 10 seconds, all our players were in a group of 20 metres mm. over that side. If they yeah. went over the other side, we were done. Ricky Latelli wraps him up. I couldn't believe it. And then Mick Ennis going, for Foyda, for Foyda, Andrew, for Foyda, for Foyda. Andrew, for Foyda, for Foyda, for Foyda. Um, oh, so I couldn't believe it. Um, and I was weeping. I threw a chair. I was on, you know, I was on my knee. I was just, it was just. And so in the next day I had to go to Belfast for my makeup check mm. for Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. 2016 was the greatest year of my life. You know, yeah. I, I got cast in, in this enormous TV show and uh, moved to London and the Sharks won. And of course, I went out all over Notting Hill. I was at the Cow all day. Yeah. None of these, none of the Brits had a clue what I was celebrating with no. all my sharks gear on, going bananas <laughs> on the street. Had a party yeah. up at my landlord's house. They went till all hours, and then Mum's like, "You've got to get on a plane at six a.m." I went straight onto the plane. You know, I mean, all the way to Belfast, and Mum's like, "You know, you don't look very good. Yeah. Um, this this is very disappointing. This is a big break for you." I turned up, you know, in, in, in a bit of a state. The makeup lady goes, "You're playing a, a medieval pirate." 
just come exactly like that. <laughs> so, so, so in a way, in a way, the sharks may have contributed to Brendan starting yeah. in uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah. So maybe that's I the reason it. why I keep playing these pirates. But um, I'm, I wouldn't say that works for every role. <laughs> but for that role, they seem to go, look, we're just going to put a scar on your cheek and set you off. You know, you're on your way. The thing I remember of that grand final is that Cronulla did a Melbourne on Melbourne. Yeah. You, mm-hmm. you tie them out. You wore him out. And, you know, I talked to, to Cameron Smith for his book about that. We have a whole chapter on it, even, much, even though he didn't want to go back through it. But he said well, after Fafita scored in the 69th minute, they were just too buggered to, to do anything mm. in return. Yeah. And if you look at it, Melbourne had chances. Yeah. Oh, they sure did. They had plenty they of chances, as they always do, to, to come and back. They but they were, will. They, were, they had no petrol left in the tank. No. So if that game, I reckon, goes for a couple more minutes, Melbourne probably win. Probably do. Oh, this mm. is crunch time, by the way, thanks to Red Rooster. Try the new triple cheeseburger. The Rooster's oh. calling. Now, I'll tell you something about the Fafita try. I want some Red Rooster. Oh, Honestly, you keep saying crunch. I feel that from across the desk. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you something about the Fafita try is that they had been scored, and I think it was Will Chambers who scored the try to take the lead for Melbourne. James Maloney, the ever winner James Maloney, he just rallied the troops very calmly and said, boys, just give me your three best ever sets. He said, I promise you, we we will score the try. Just give me your three best defensive sets. We'll win some field position, and I promise you we'll take the lead. Three best defensive sets. Fafita scores a try. I'll tell you another story about this grand final. Game my hair stand up. Look at you. Oh. In, in the months leading Go up to sharks. this grand final. How much have you had? <laughs> <laughs> Luke Lewis, right? Luke Lewis would, uh, he'd be in the shower and the misty shower on the uh, on the glass. What an image. And on the back of his toothbrush, right? Yeah. Every day. Oh, he'd read that book, The Secret, right? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> and he'd read that book, The Secret, and on the back of the misty uh, mirror, what do you call it? The, uh, the glass. He'd write Luke Lewis, was 2016, oh, no, no. 2016 Clive Churchill medalist. And he, sometimes his wife would come in, he'd get embarrassed and he'd rub it off. So for months leading up to the grand final, Luke Lewis, 2016 Clive Churchill medalist, right? So the game's finished, they've won it, and uh, Ennis was saying, Fafoida, 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 Andrew, Fafoida. Sounds very much like mixed commentary now yeah. for Fox. <laughs> so Luke Lewis is standing there and. He's gone around and his wife's stuck in the crowd and he's grabbed little Hazel, who may be like six or eight months at the mm. time, and he's walking around the field with little Hazel. And there they are waiting for the ceremony and he's standing next to Billy Slater, who didn't play in this game. That's right. right. Yep. And uh, they come over and they tell him, they say, uh, Luke Lewis, you're about to win the Clive Churchill medal. So they give him the heads up before they go on. And he's thinking, oh, what am I going to do with Hazel? And in hindsight, he would have loved to have taken her up, right? Mm. But he goes, oh, Billy, can you mind Hazel for me? So Billy Slater's there mining his baby, <laughs> babysitting, whilst Luke Lewis goes up to accept the Clive Churchill medal, right? Who wins the Clive Churchill medal the next year? Billy Slater. Billy Slater. He Billy didn't Slater. Play, a fun little he? fact. Yeah. Has that's, that been written before? I've never heard that story about him putting... That's fact from Luke Lewis, yeah. Writing it on the yeah. glass? Yeah, go and have a chat to him. It's a oh, great well, yarn. That's a great story. It's, it's yeah. just lovely to think that success can come from within the... Sh- from writing on yeah. the walls of the show. I'm going to try that now. <laughs> the Academy Awards. Yeah. 2028 or yeah, something like toothbrush. that. Now, it was unbelievable. And, and, and I, I think what Cameron says very humbly there is true because at that year, and Mick Ennis has said it before on telly, there was something about that forward pack that they took very personal mm. um, vendettas against, yeah. uh, you know, Matt, Matt Pryor. Yeah. yeah. Like, just coming out of nowhere, it kind of every day forward would just kind of grab blokes and hurl them back yeah. over the trial line. It was it was just, but I put it, you know, we had Ben Barber in Freak 4. We had Jack Bird. 
But also, I, I think Ennis, it was something about Ennis organising that team that yeah. year, taking the big personality, saying to Gallon, I'll use you, mate, I'm running the show now. Mm. He organised it and allowed, you know, James Maloney to do his thing. Mm. Yeah, and, and I remember speaking to Stephen Price, who was the assistant coach to Flano. I said, you're going to win the comp. Mm. He said, why do you think that? I said, well... I don't think you can beat a team full of fit, crazy people. Like there were so many <laughs> maniacs who were super fit. And when you get those maniacs combined yeah. super fit, and maybe that's why, you know, maybe later in the season, the Newcastle Knights with your Clemmers and the Safidis times two yeah. and, the, and the White Walker, which is Barnett, who uh, Jaden Braley said, yeah, maybe yeah. they are in the calculations come the end of the year. Yeah. I wonder if... Um I wonder if Braley's looking at a Tyrion Lannister. He's a little fella, yeah. isn't he? And very powerful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he could be on the cast list. At least give him an audition. Yeah, let's do you that. Know. Well, speaking of which, so let's do this now. We're going to talk about the, the NRL Game of Thrones crossover. And who started it? Jaden Braley. We said to him, uh, if there was a player in your team who may resemble a Game of Thrones character, who would that be? And he said the White Walker. Now, given the fact that they played uh, Brownie's team and mm. maybe – given the fact that Nathan Brown had coached Mitch Barnett. When Mitch Barnett was on the field, which was most of the time, maybe Nathan Brown was sending out this message to the White Walker. Walker's on! Walker's on! Walker's on! Walker's on! Walker's on! Pass it on, Hodjo! Hodjo, Walker's on! Watch Walker! Oh, fantastic. Uh, any, White Walker's on. <laughs> you're a uh, Game of Thrones tragic, probably even more so than Brendan, who was in the show. I was I used, I was betting on it. Oh, were, you? <laughs> were you betting what Australian so, actor yeah, would turn up in season seven? No, no, no. I was. I it was like who was going to who was going to rule the seven kingdoms at the mm. end of the show? Right. And I looked at that market. So I think Jon Snow was was almost even money. Daenerys was two dollars thirty. I've just got visions of <laughs> got visions of you doing the, yeah. going through the through the tote board. Ken Callender doing anyway, but I thought Iris Stark at yeah. sixteen dollars was a great bet. Yeah. So I got everything I could get on Iris Stark. And then when she killed the Night King in the third last episode, she got reeled into about four dollars fifty. Wow. And then she Jeez. blew right out and obviously she didn't if you watched it, I don't want to ruin it for anyone, but no, yeah. the market mover. She was a market mover. Yeah, yeah. she came right in, then she drifted. Wow. Yeah. I have never. That's, that's a bit of a desperate sign. Gambling <laughs> being adapted to televised drama. <laughs> this is uh, this is a, a very disturbing marriage. Yeah. Anyway, but I, it, because it was on a, at midday on a Monday. Yeah. Here, I my my boss finally after about two or three years, he said. Why are you working from home every Monday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, just on that, get so more done. Any other characters who you could correlate with a rugby league identity? Well, so there was a little sort of a little a guy called Littlefinger mm. who was like this duplicitous Machiavellian sort of character. So I don't know whether that could be the Volandis. <laughs> Cameron Smith, right, <laughs> or any one of the media managers who, uh, yeah. or managers who uh, operate in um, mm. in the NRL. Yes, um, John Snow. So he's like a hero. Yeah, he's like a hero. Well, in I thought league. I thought with with John Snow, he's the bastard son. Uh, Caitlin's not his mother. He's a bit wild. Um, unpredictable. I thought he's probably got a bit of Cameron Munster about oh, him. Oh, that's yeah. not bad because um, he's reckless, dangerous, sexy. Yeah, you know what I Is mean. He's the king but of the north. I, I'd say by now he is, yeah. and the South it seems, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. But it sounds like it sounds like Munster does want to be king of the North yeah. eventually, That's doesn't right. it? Do I read out a couple of more? Is yeah. this, well, is I would have happening? Munster as Tyrion Lannister because he was mm. he was 
a bit loose. Let's mm. put it that way. Off the field. Well, and oh, Tyrion I Lannister's I'm, only a little Cam- fella. I thought ma- and powerful. I thought maybe Matty Johns could do that because <laughs> he's he's a little fella, but he's very powerful. Um, I thought Ed <laughs> Stark, kind of, the I, Lord of Winterfell. I thought Volandis could play him, but he's busy and and this bloke's very serious and devoted. Um, so I thought Madge Maguire could play that that character because he's very serious and devoted. <laughs> um, Caitlin Tully, Ned's wife, Lady Stark of Winterfell, intelligent, strong, fiercely devoted to her family. Um, I thought that could be Anastasia Palaszczuk, maybe. <laughs> um, uh, Daenerys Stormborn Targaryen. Khaleesi, um, the most powerful woman in rugby league, I think could be Yvonne Sampson. She's taming all the dragons mm. around her well, week I, by I, week. I was going to say Anthony Griffin, mother of dragons. Oh, yes. there you go. Oh, that's very good. Yes. See, that, see what I've done you're there? Yeah. A ro- see you're a writer. Yes. You're a writer. Yes. Yeah, and good. then there's Bran Stark, uh, one of the youngest of the Stark children, who I think could be um, played by um, young Suwali. Oh. Who's uh, the, uh, the youngster yeah. ever to come into the league. That's a good one. Is that a good one? Yeah, it's a great one. <laughs> I reckon. I, I don't really mind about that age thing. I think nah. bring him in at 12. Yeah. Give him a crack. <laughs> Why not? Exactly. Why not? All you're learning is Pythagoras and a bunch of stuff you're never going to use. Get on the rugby league field <laughs> did, in year eight. Did you learn the periodic table? I still know the periodic table, which I've never used or thought about once. Mate, I, I ended up an actor, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm a writer. Yeah. Uh, Webby, I reckon Gus Gould. He could oh, be where's Gus? Oh, yeah. oh Gus is. Um, he says he's one of the drag. Up. He's one of the dragons. <laughs> he he's one of the dragons that crossed over to the. <laughs> what's the what's it called? The White Walker side. What was that? I don't just know. the bad side. You yeah. were on it. I know, but I only really got up to season five or something. I think. Yeah, uh, Tom from Coogee sends in that in, by the way. So appreciate that. Thank Keep you, Tom. coming in. Oh four five seven. 736, uh, 736. Uh, yeah, so who would play, who would you cast in the Game of Thrones a rugby league identity if you had to switch them out? What about your character, Harag? Yeah. How, how would you explain Harag? Um, Harag was a member of the Ironborn, mm. um, which was uh, some sailors, right. um, very bad medieval sailors. <laughs> yeah. But he's just absolutely ruthless yeah. and, and kind of that frontier Moby Dick style kind of guy who's just lived out there his whole life is not a member of society. Yeah. I've got a quote. Um, I've got one of one of your characters' quotes. Oh yeah. They say the dead can't swim. This is my Hollywood voice. Yeah. They say the dead can't <laughs> swim. We're going to sail east, find a nice quiet island, kill all the men and take their wives for ourselves. Is that right? If yeah. that's not peak rugby league, then I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's, it's real mad Monday stuff, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Could you do that again, Andrew, but lower the lower register, the, yeah. get a bit husky, have 28 Marlboros, <laughs> lower the register and give it a bit of England? <laughs> yeah, Try it. They say, the <laughs> I sound like Rabs. I don't know in Rabs' yeah, voice. They that. say the dead can't swim. <laughs> I'll yes. tell a man just quietly. I think uh, I was down to two with Rabs, but he wasn't willing to travel. Uh, so um, I got the part. Uh, there you go. Uh, have you say 0457 736 736. People are even emailing in suggestions. Crunch time. Thanks to Red Rooster. Seize the cheese. Here you go, Webby. Try the new triple cheeseburger today. Limited time. So get in fast. The Rooster's calling. This is Crunch Time on SEN. Crunchy fried chicken by Red Rooster. Yeah. Welcome back to Crunch Time. We appreciate your company. And this is thanks to Red Rooster. Try the new triple cheeseburger. The Rooster's calling. It's all I'm thinking about. It's hijacked my mindset, Webby. Good. Yeah. Now, now when you say crunch time, now I just think of rabs as well. <laughs> oh, crunch. <laughs> <laughs> you have to eat some rabs. What? 
Was that? Was, what were you gonna I was going to say, yeah. he's got the inner rabs in him today, hasn't he? <laughs> the inner rabs. Something happening. Isn't there yeah. a little bit of rabs in all of us? Yeah, you're morphing <laughs> into rabs. Uh, <laughs> Is that going to be your late career, <laughs> oh, your late career dash into, yeah. into... No. No. Okay. No. Actually, you, so you did Cameron Smith's book, yep. right, Brennan? He did yeah. Rabs's book. Wow. Yeah. You've got a few under your belt, Ruby. I did Gaz's book. Yeah. Um, what was it like doing Rabs's book? <laughs> What you're sitting there with? <laughs> My mum said to me after about two months, she goes, I'm not going to talk to you until you finish this book. I said, why? She said, because you were talking like you're rabs. <laughs> you spend, you know, 30, you do, you, yeah. usually about 30 hours of yeah. interviews for these type of, when you're ghosting someone's book, and you start acting like them, or in yeah. Rabs's case, you start yeah. you start talking like them. Yeah. But like- rabs, rabs would call up, because Rabs likes a couple of Chardonnays at the end mm. of the day, and he would mm. call up every night. Webbo, have we got in there the Webbo. bit that I'm just a kid with a dream? <laughs> I go, Rabs, same as yesterday, mate. Chapter one, first sentence. That's right, son. A kid with a dream, a dream of calling the Melbourne Cup. Yeah. And it's like. Did Cameron yeah, Smith and call you late at night after a couple of no. cabinets and say, I'm just a kid with <laughs> a dream? <laughs> a dream of pushing the temples together at night. <laughs> uh, j- just on going into character. Um, Brendan, when you're playing a role, and you hear this about yeah. actors, and I, I read the Matt McConaughey book and how he'd go oh, yeah. to extreme lengths to become the character, is it a lot of that stuff true, and do you need to be morphing into that particular character? Yeah, I mean, there's a few uh, different approaches, as I imagine there is with, with sport and everything as well. Um, some people, you know, come from that just say it yeah. kind of approach, just say it. Um, and other people, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis, if he's going to do Last of the Mohicans, he'll be in the forest for six months yeah, before, wow. before the day or he'll become a blacksmith. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that, you know, criticism either way, it, it's whatever works for you. And, and I think acting should be taken seriously, especially with, you know, you're telling the truth. And my whole thing is I just I just don't want to lie to the audience. Mm. You know, I, I, and I've, I never got into acting. I never got into NIDA you know, or anything like that. So I don't really know what I'm doing. How, how did you actually, <laughs> um, what was the sliding doors for you? Well, I, was, I started when I was quite young. Mm. Um, and then I tried to get in acting school three years in a row, but I didn't get in. And I went to Bathurst, Charles Sturt Uni Bathurst, and um, did uh, communications theatre there and kind of came in my own way from making my own work. Yeah. But I just try to make the situation uh, look like it's real, you know. And But you do end up with a walk. You do end up with a weight. Like mm. I will lose weight or put weight on unconsciously and I'll start to change my voice. And by the time I'm on camera or on stage, I'll look at myself and go, you're a completely different person. <laughs> really? And I think it unconsciously wow. happens because the way a person speaks, the pace at which they speak at or somebody mm. is active or someone who's depressed or angry or where their life's at will depend on what they eat or what they do. And how they look. And I think unconsciously, I'll just start thinking about a guy that works, walks with his shoulders over mm. or, you know, walks quite fast or talks quite fast or, you know, is a status of 10. You know, Phil Seymour Hoffman um, directed me in True West with Wayne Blair and he taught me a lot about stakes and status, you know, and the stakes of a character. Whether mm. a char- You know, the stakes of a scene and the, the status of a character. If he's a status of 10 mm. and how he stands or if he's a status of 1. And you look through Phil Seymour Hoffman's work and you will see where he's put those numbers, you know, yeah. in Boogie Nights where he, you know, he's just, you know, so la- he's so mm. obsessed with the guy. And so I, I kind of do that kind of stuff, but I very much have my own philosophy. I, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I kind of end up kind of with a manifesto of sorts. I it, guess. Can it be torturous? Being Writing rugby league, I've found over the years, can be quite torturous when you're getting lied to by mm. chairman and players and coaches. 
But I always think oh, I'm a big brand. I'm a big Brando fan. But he yeah. was tortured by yeah. the art. We, we, yeah. he, he actually loathed the description of acting as art. He said, "We're not making art. You know, <laughs> we're, just, we're, just, we're making make? money. We're making <laughs> money. It's just a big <laughs> yeah. money making industry." Well, I think that's where you go back and you do theatre right. because you you know because the the the, the industry is really painful. And if anyone says, "Do you think it's a good?" industry you say no and if they still want to do it they're probably an actor yeah you know that's why i always think go and try and do something else mm. because it's, it's you know I, I finish a big film december and then you're unemployed you know i'm lucky i can write you know i'm lucky i have something else so i'm not choking acting going please give it to me but it, it's it's really up and down the roller coaster but there's nothing better than being on stage in, in a great show with the audience in the palm of your hand and, and, and also going the journey through a film. So the highs are high and, and the lows are low. You've got to be crazy to do it. But I'm not good at anything else, you know, other than acting and writing. <laughs> um, so this is where, you know, I have to lay my hat. But um, it's, it's a pretty beautiful thing to, to be able to do, you know, when, when, it's, when it works. Mm. Beautiful. Text message here, boys, 0457 736 736. Dean has a few casting uh, uh, selections here. What's he here. got, Dino? He's got uh, the High Sparrow, Gus. Yeah. Oh, that <laughs> is fantastic. No? That's a tick. That is, I'm going to start calling him High Sparrow. <laughs> Very right. good, Dino. Uh, Toby Rudolph Tormund or Tormund. Who was he? Tormund. We'll Which look one that one he? up. And uh, Munster Joffrey. Oh, <laughs> that's better casting, isn't is it? it? That's, that's better it. casting. Yeah. Geez, he was evil, though, wasn't he? Oh, Joffrey, yeah. He was not a well young man <laughs> no. from the episodes that I remember. Uh, oh. Keep them coming in. 0457 736 736 is the way to get involved there. Uh, right, let's charge into a couple of games, boys. It's a, a soggy affair. We've got the Bulldogs taking on the Panthers at Bank West Stadium. Now, I don't like the regular stats, right? I like to go beyond the regular stats. And one thing I found out... Uh, this week, doing a bit of research, there's 16 coaches. Four coaches have never met an ex. Now, I imagine we've all had an ex in our life, have we, boys? Uh, sometimes it's amicable. I'm trying to forget them. Sometimes it's amicable. Sometimes <laughs> hell hath no when fury. Are they, when mean, are they no, ever I think, amicable? I think I'm friends with... I, I think it's nice to be... You know, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So sometimes it's uh, amicable. Sometimes hell hath no fury like a scorned ex. Well, I can tell you this. 12 of the coaches who have met an ex in their time... In their first encounter, their first reunion with the ex, have been beaten ten of them. Do you love us? Do you love these yeah. stats? Who and, is and your stats guy? Young, I the, just, th- that's the one that left. Yeah, no, the the, the one who left wins. Right, lot loses. Loses. Ah, right. Well, that doesn't help us with today because we know that Canterbury are likely yes. to lose. But geez, it'd be what an event it would be if Trent Barrett and his oh. and his young men just went in there. Gee, what's that guy's name? Elliot. Adam, 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 Adam Elliot. Elliot. Yeah. She's, he's great to watch. I oh, was yeah. sitting there in, in, in Newcastle and he's got something about him. He's crazy. He's well, fearless. And they're going for him too, obviously, for the off-field scandal that happened uh, in the off-season. <laughs> you could oh. see the Knights were chirping at him. Coaches have warned about that. Uh, so no doubt he'll be fired up for this. But but just getting back to that, uh, the X stat, yeah. you'd actually think that the departing coach who left the team, as was the case with Nathan Brown against the old firm Newcastle yesterday and lost, you would think that they had the big advantage. Maybe they overcoached. they got the intel. Yeah. Yeah, you'd think so. I definitely, I mean, the, Trent Bout was running the Panthers' attack, right? Yeah. Mm. Will the Panthers' attack be stifled in the face of, of their conductor? Yeah. You know, or will they kind of go, hey, this is what you taught us, watch this? I mean, it feels ominous for the Bulldogs, but you never know. You, the Titans were awful mm. last week, and last night they were razzle-dazzle. 
So who knows? Yeah. Trent, Trent Barrett might have the Bulldogs. I hope so. I would love to see the Bulldogs. I would love to see Trent Barrett and the Bulldogs get up. Webby, really? Do you think the weather favours them as far as bringing it back to it an even to. game? But speaking about to. coaching, so... Uh, that said, though, I don't think the... As we were sort of saying to, to Braley earlier, like it doesn't... Um, the old rules don't really apply. No. You know, particularly out of Bank West. I couldn't believe... I know it's had a bit of traffic, but I can't believe the standard of football, of expansive football, when it opened up there, yeah. sort of late in the first half, um, Storm and Parramatta. Like, and that, that ground, I know Brookvale, who knows what we're going to see at Brookvale yeah. this afternoon. It doesn't have the fancy vacuum system underneath it like it does at Bank West. Yeah. But apart from that southern end, um, which had a few puddles, Bank West held up pretty strongly. So I'm interested to see the, the condition of the ground out there. I think those Penrith blokes will throw the ball around no matter what. No matter what. They don't care, those young blokes. I think, you know, people are saying with the six again rules, mm that the game's getting too sped up mm. and it's too fast and they might, they're might they not going to be able to make it to round 24. There's something about the wet weather yeah. that balances out the six again rule mm. and turns it into great old 80s rugby league in a way because <laughs> yeah. it's like a slowed down version of the non-wrestling fast yeah. game. You know, and you think... <laughs> Let's, ha- let's just provide hoses and rain machines every week because yeah. this, this was really working. Let, let's contrive the, uh, the yeah. slow track, so <laughs> to speak. Okay. Peter Bedell coming up, by the way. He'll talk about all things uh, Queensland and the Broncos. Uh, by the way, uh, Mitch Barnett, who Braley called the White Walker, he said that it was Nathan Brown who told him he should learn to goal kick, which ultimately uh, hit Brownie on the backside, so to speak. This is crunch time. Thanks to Red Rooster. Try the new triple cheeseburger, The Rooster's Calling. Yeah, Brooks, he's brought us in, the coach. He's uh, he's had a few words to Brendan, had a few words to Webby and myself, and we're going to fire up here for the second half. As we trot back out on a very wet crunch time field here for the second half, you can have your say on the text line 0457 736 736. Crunch time, thanks to Red Rooster. Try the new triple cheeseburger. The Rooster's calling. Peter Bedell, by the way, we're going to chat to him in a moment to speak about the Broncos-Titans game. What a game that was, boys. Did you get a chance to see that? Yeah, I just loved it because I got to go, David, for Foyda, for Foyda, for Foyda, David, for Foyda. <laughs> I did, and I recalled Andrew mm-hmm. Johns mm-hmm. standing where you are now, Brendan, saying yeah. uh, Titans 1-12. to 12. Yeah, he's flying with his tips, isn't he? He was, and he had Parramatta yeah. four points in his column in the Herald the day before. Correct, which they But won. obviously he didn't tip as well against, uh, tip as well for you with the Knights. No, against his mm. own team. Yeah, his own, his own, his own club. Yeah. What a turncoat. I went to his house a couple of weeks ago for Mexican, and I said, Andrew's making fajitas, fajitas, fajitas. <laughs> and that's the end of I won't say that again. That's it. But it was true. <laughs> Andrew fajitas. That's he's, he's pretty good. It's an old recipe. He gets yeah. the spices in and yeah. everything. I've fantastic. had them. Yeah, you've I've had been, them. I've been yeah. there to his place, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, it's, I think it's his go-to. Right. Mm. Yeah, no, it's excellent. I um, I saw that the Titans are now the greatest team in Queensland. Yeah. Is that something to rejoice? The great being the great. Yeah. Being, yeah. Oh, geez, I think it's going to be tough for Kevin. Yeah. Can we just say that? He's an emotional bloke. Yeah. Those those really good coaches, they take the losses and they're kind of like, yeah, well, you know, next week we'll see. We've got a bit to do. And they you can s- see they've swallowed it up. Kevy's like, oh, that hurt. <laughs> you know, <laughs> how's he going to get through yeah. wearing it? I love it. I love him yeah, for so it. They're just going to have to. But how's he going to get through coaching? By shortening the game. Games, this 24. <laughs> <laughs> By shortening the game. Yes. Do so they start well? And they started well last night, and then they just let in all those points before mm. half time. But you, you're right. But um, th- they flashed to the uh, the coach's box. Mm. He's got some, he's got some uh, firepower in the coach's oh, box. Yeah. Terry Madison, yeah. who Cardi. they say, and Cardi, 
Now, Cardi could have been the manly coach if they didn't get Dez after Trent Barrett left. Mm. Um, and Terry Madison, they say, is the best coach, not coaching, who's never right? got an NRL. There's a massive rap on on Terry Madison as a coach. Okay, well, but it's time. funny how it's funny how some just go out of flavour. Like mm. you know, if you if you're an assistant coach or you're there and you don't take that window, that's right. And he's one of those. But I know plenty of. Uh, players who have been under him who reckon he's a great coach. So. Well, a bloke who will know all about this. He writes for the Courier Mail. He's Peter Bedell. He was in the press conference, actually, with Kevy Walters. He's on the line now. G'day, Pete. G'day, boys. Jeez, I'm hungry now after all that Mexican talk. <laughs> Give me your feet. <laughs> and Red Rooster talk, you, too, by the way, Pete. Head to Joey's house. <laughs> <laughs> so just one more last time. If you're going to go to Joey's for Mexican, you're having a what? Andrew's for fajitas. For fajitas. Fajitas. So, Pete, you were there at the press conference. Uh, the Broncos go down to the Gold Coast Titans. We finally saw uh, what we thought we'd see in round one from the Gold Coast Titans. Probably the most spruik team going into 2021. What was the fallout? What did you pick up out of the press conference? Well, the concern for me, guys, was the body language of Kevy Walters after that performance. I mean, everyone that watched the press conference, for me, I was a little bit surprised at how deflated he looked. I mean, he looked out of answers after round two, which is a bit of a concern when there's another 23 weeks to go. And I, look, I, we always knew the rebuilding mission was going to be onerous, but I don't even think Kevin Walters realises the gravity of the rebuild and what is going to be needed to make this club great again because they are an absolute shambles in every facet of their operation and there should be people that are pretty embarrassed at the state of the club at the moment. Peter Webster, how are you? <laughs> yeah. Hello, I, I watched the press conference. You had the whacking stick out, mm. the one wood. You weren't <laughs> missing him. It was vintage Bedell sitting in the middle, front row. I saw you get up, plonk the tape down. Now, you're the most powerful man in rugby league in Brisbane. How much longer um, before the former players that all wanted Anthony Seabold out, are they going to turn on, on Kevin Walters at any stage? Are they going to start asking questions? Or how much grace does he have? Does he have a year? Does he have into the middle of next year? How much longer before, you know, are, the, are, are people up there going to cop two bad performances like that? Yeah. Or one and a half. Got, let's say one and a half bad performances. Yeah, look, I don't think, Webby, there'll be a, a backlash from the old boys because they are so devoted to Kebby. They, they love him. I mean, the likes of Gordon Tallis, Chris Johns, they're all in Kebby's corner. But I, I think the rebuild, Webby, will take longer than the two-year contract that Kebby has. So mm. potentially that raises the question, well, do you then have to move him on eventually if... Look, they're not going to make the finals this year. We know that. And that means next year becomes make or break for Kev. And I just don't think he has enough time within this period to turn the club around, which is a shame for a club legend. And I think the only thing sadder than sacking Anthony Seabold will be sacking a club legend. So I don't know how the club turned things around. It's not a matter of just going to the market quickly and buying five or six players because there's not that many great players on the market. Mm. So I think the old boys, I don't. I think they can be kept at bay, but I think the bigger internal issues where the, uh, the front office, yep. the board and the football, the, foot, the recruitment chief, who can put together a salary cap list to get this club firing again. Mm. Peter, Brendan here. I think I met you in an elevator once. Um, I am just... Uh, I, I'm looking at the Broncos, right? And I'm thinking the Broncos are having a bad patch. You know, they might have a bad few years. Um, the Sharks had that. Titans have had that. Every team's kind of had that. 
Um, why can't the Broncos get the Blues and just be a bit shit for a while? <laughs> like what, what? Every other team's done it. Every other team has three, eight, twelve years where yeah. they just hang around the bottom of the ladder. Then they have this moment. They get this player. They get the coach. They something sparks, and they're back in the eight. But there's two eights. There's the top eight and the bottom eight. Like <laughs> why can't they linger at the bottom for a while and then come back up? Why? Why is it such a problem? Because there's 13 other teams that can be shit and nobody cares. <laughs> Explain it to me. Well, there's a reason, Brendan, because it, it, there's a big factor here. It's my mental health. And if uh, the Broncos continue <laughs> to be crap for the next five years, I'll be in a mental ward. So oh, come on. You are, you are churning. You are loving these <laughs> stories. I know. Come on. I've worked with you for 15 years. I know you. <laughs> Whacking Mate, day. You're, you're the shit stirrer, Webby, not me. <laughs> But uh, oh look, Brendan, it is um, it is it. Look, it's a sad state of affairs to see a glamour club in this state. Glamour club, that's what it is, isn't it? It's the glamour club. They have been for a long time, and yeah, yeah. Look, I don't know, guys. What I mean for me, clubs need big names, and big clubs need big coaches. And Manchester United struggled for a while post Alex Ferguson, and Mm -hmm. I still don't think anyone other than Wayne Bennett understands the DNA of the club and how truly to get the Broncos firing. It's proven. Would no go, other coach has got success at the club. Peter, would he go back? There's been there's been speculation in the last few weeks down here that, you know, that's where he might end up. He wants to go back to Brisbane. Would it ever yeah. happen? Could it ever happen with Carl Morris as chairman? Possibly not, Webby, but I have no doubt as you know, Webby, Wayne finishes up at South Sydney this year. Mm. I have no doubt if someone from the Broncos went back to Wayne Bennett and said, we want you to rebuild this club. However, we will make key changes to the board and to the administrative levels of the club. I have no doubt Wayne Bennett would go back as head coach. But there would be certain caveats. And one of those is that the entire board would have to be sacked because they were the ones that effectively sacked him. So... That's drastic change, but Wayne Bennett, if they think he's the, the man to save this club, he, he would come back in the right circumstances. Hey, Pete, uh, in your opinion, the second Brisbane team, who do you have as the front runner? Well, as it stands right now, I would say the Redcliffe Dolphins are the front runner just purely because of their fiscal strength. I mean, they've got an asset base of $100 million there. Lee's club turns over $34 million. That's a pretty powerful statement. They come into the NRL as one of the richest teams already, which is pretty ominous. But I, I think Ipswich-Brisbane Jets bid has now garnered strength with their amalgamation with the Bombers. They've got a big reach out to Ipswich. It's a growth corridor. They've got big juniors out in the Toowoomba region. So that's, they've got a good bid, but also Shane Richardson, the former South boss, is now heading up or part of the East Tigers or East Firehawks bid. So three strong bids. I'd have to say the Dolphins are out in front at the moment, but it's a close race. How supportive would Redcliffe be? Like, I know there's plenty of people in Brisbane who, you know, don't like the, yeah. <laughs> don't like the Dolphins. You know, they're, they're like a, in many ways a manly, yeah. from want of a better description, of, uh, of Brisbane. How do you think, would they get, would they get, Plenty of support. Would people jump on board? It, it's a great point you make, Webby, about the manly of Queensland. I've said this to a few people. Look, as someone who lives up here, to explain to people in Sydney geographically, Redcliffe is 42 kilometres from Suncorp Stadium. So that's nearly going from Penrith to Bondi. Mm. So how many fans are going to travel from Redcliffe to Suncorp Stadium on a Friday night when there's heavy traffic and you're rushing home from work? I, I, that's my biggest concern for the Redcliffe bid. I don't like that they're a peninsula model. 
And I'm concerned that by going to Redcliffe, you alienate 2 million residents in the greater part of Brisbane. So that's a challenge for the NRL. If they bring in a Redcliffe team, will their fans travel? We see with Manly, Manly fans don't travel. So that's my concern for the Redcliffe bid. I've got a tip for um, Kevy because the Broncos just play such a great first 30 minutes. Is it worth <laughs> at halftime just saying to the guys, hey, well, I, it's the first half? Um, go out there and, and play one half or just kind of kind of hypnotise them into thinking that everything's just beginning. <laughs> and where is, where is Tom Dearden? <laughs> great, great question. He's very good at rugby league. Why is he playing? What about, Brendan, if we put them in storm jumpers? Do you think that could psychologically make them the yeah. premiers? Well, yeah, mm. maybe, maybe Cameron Smith would, would play for them again. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> All good questions. Hey, Pete, I'm, I'm looking at uh, Bankwest Stadium here, and it looks an absolute pitch. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is there was an A-League game last night. There was a game there on Thursday night. It's held up terrifically well. The Bulldogs will play there today. Kevy Walters will be watching this closely because it's the Broncos take on the Bulldogs next week at Suncorp Stadium. Now, that is a game where you've just got to get it done. If they go down to the Bulldogs at home, so much pressure gets heaped upon them. Now, based on what you've... Uh, been interviewing Kevy and the likes at the Broncos. Do you see a certain change in the 17 ahead of the Bulldogs game next week? Oh, look, I, I, I hope so. I'd like to see Tom Dearden in the number seven jumper. For me, he's a more natural playmaker than Brody Croft. More, although I, I feel that Kevy will stay loyal to Brody, but I, I think it's the wrong call. I think Dearden's a better player, and, and long term, I think he's the future of the club. So, Big decision for Kevy to make there. I don't see many changes up because Payne Haas is still suspended for one more week. I don't think Lodge may be right with his hamstring. So, guys, the concern is if they lose to the Dogs, they could be 0-7 by seven, round 7 because after that they play Melbourne, South, Penrith, Parramatta. Mm. So how on earth do you beat those four teams? So Kevy could go into the first two months of the competition with potentially one win. It's a real concern for Broncos fans. Well, what, what Have you got a cut-up for when you start calling for his head? Or... <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Is there a magic number in your head, Sneaky Pete? <laughs> no, just, in, just embrace being at the bottom of the ladder. It's a beautiful feeling. We've got to get the blues in this life, and then you get happy when you get happy. Just, just, just feel the pain for a while, learn from it, come back in about 10 to 15 years into the top eight. I think the Sharks fans love, love that. Well. <laughs> how, how's, how's Kevin to deal with throughout the week, Pete? Yeah, interesting question, Webby. I found him to be a little bit nervous at times. I think he's still finding his feet in the job. And um, I found it at times hard to get hold of Kevy. He's been obviously busy doing his job and trying to get the structures of the club right. So I, I think I think he's still got a bit to learn in terms of the ferocity of the lens of Brisbane and the, the constant focus on the club. They're on the back page of the paper just about every day and there's a lot of media attention. Yeah, even it's under your Sydney. byline. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. I'm still looking for the knife you use on Wayne Bennett when he doesn't <laughs> But um, <laughs> I stab him in the front, I, uh, no. Pete. I stab him in the front. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the best way to do it. No, look, I think... Um, oh, look, he, he, look, Kevy's a jovial character, but there's no doubt times when the stress seems to have affected him. Like he walked out on a press conference last month when he was mm. just talking about a boxing fight and he walked out refusing to answer questions about Payne Haas. So... They're the sorts of facets of the job that I think he needs to come to terms with. And I, but I think he can do that in time. I'm a Kevin man. There was a, I, I don't agree particularly with his text. Uh, Nathan writes, 
uh, Kevin 07. Uh, that's the draw they've got coming up. 0-7 uh, for Kevin. It's uh, funny. It, tell me that Tell me that headline's already written in the offices of the Courier Mail, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, about Kevin Rudd, perhaps. Maybe not Kevin Walters. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? At, at round eight, they play the Titans again. So it's a torrid, torrid run to start things for the Brisbane Broncos. But Peter Bedell, mate, we appreciate this time on a Saturday. Hey, Bob, what's the conditions like there up in uh, up in sunny Brisbane? Oh, I'm looking at my window, boys. It's, you know what Queensland's yeah. like, boys. Beautiful one day, perfect yeah. the next. Oh, the sun's go. out. I'm about to go for a swim and get some Mexican. So give me a taco. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah. You're going to have one of Andrew's fajitas. Fajitas. Very good. Uh, Peter Bedell, we appreciate your company. Courier Mail uh, is where you can catch up on all the stories. Thanks to Peter Bedell. No worries, boys. Anytime. Uh, there you go. So, yeah, the Broncos are well and truly up against things. There's no question there. It's just an occupation that is a very, very tricky one to, to take up, isn't it, being a first-grade coach? Particu- well, particularly in that, that role. Kevin Walters has had, I think, three or four attempts over the 10, 10 or so years to become Broncos coach. Careful what you wish for. You know, he's come into the club at a very, very delicate time. I think, as Peter just said then, um, you know, it's... It's the focus. There might be two other Queensland teams, but the focus is on the Broncos. The Broncos are, are a club that ne- is not used to being out of the eight. That's why no. it's such an incredible story for them to be struggling as they are. A club that most Queensland young boys and girls want to play for. Mm. Um, a club that's got enormous financial backing corporately. They've got the thoroughbreds. Um, they've had the greatest coach in history and Wayne Bennett there for a long time, a lot of that success. So to see them fall as they have, that's why I thought it was bizarre Carl Morris coming out on the eve of the game and bagging um, David Fafia for taking the money mm. to go to the Titans. Like, what? mate, on your watch, you've lost the best coach of all time. You've employed Anthony Seabold, who you've had to sack and pay out after a year and a half. That's very unbronco. In the same week, uh, Reese Walsh, who's one of the most spruked youngsters coming through, Peter O'Sullivan. That should never happen for a club like that. For for a club that like should that, ne- they should never lose. That to me, that the, the fact that the Warriors got him, a young talent with th- that bigger rap on him, the fact that they lost him just shows you exactly how the Broncos are tracking at the What's moment. What's happening with Katoni Stacks? Is he? I don't know if that's done yet. Right. No. Is he staying around? We don't know. I don't think. Oh, they have to. They've got to. They've got to keep Katoni Stags. They absolutely must. There, there's a team. Oh, absolute gun. Uh, by the way, boys, breaking news here. Uh, if you Ooh. think Panthers, if you're a Bulldogs player, and if you're Trent Barrett, who's the one player you don't want playing? Uh, I think you're going to say this player, but I'd be saying another player. But who is the one player for the Panthers you would like to not be playing this afternoon? What do you mean? Like if if Trent Barrett could take out one player from the Panthers, kick out. Kick out? Who would you say, Brennan? Yeah, I, I was going to say um, kick out, but, you know, I had a feeling Andrew might say it. Um, so I think probably Nathan Cleary. I mean, he's, yeah. he's going to run the operations. I, I'm not a big Nathan Cleary fan, but every time I watch him, I have to swallow my pride because he's very good at rugby league and it upsets me. <laughs> yeah. and I'm always hoping that he'll fail. I don't know why, but yeah. he's so good. Well, well, I'll tell you, this bloke here won a premiership with South, went to Manly. They've fallen through the floor since he left. Happy Chorus, our boys. That's a very oh, important really? uh, Broken wrist in the win over the Cowboys. He's Jeez. underwent surgery, expected to miss six weeks. That's that, you know what that's because with Damien Cook starting to flounder a little, yeah. you start look at Carrot and, and you think Appy could get that. Absolutely, is Damien Cook really starting to flounder? I think he's a little. I think he's starting to look a bit slower. And if he doesn't do those quick runs, 
is he does he have the navigational skills at number nine? Is he clever with the ball? Is he putting blokes through gaps on the right angles? Is he just a running number nine? That's what I want to know. And is he a better player than Appy Corusau? Yeah, I love Appy. Is he a better player than Happy Corusau? Well, not maybe not at the moment, but. I wouldn't be putting a line through. I love Damien Cook. Cook. So do I. I just think Appy Coruscant is a superstar. I agree. Mm. We Ap- can have more than two, two one superstar. And we, we need Hooker. a little bit more attack and spontaneity of the yeah. boost. I think Appy could be great. Oh, he's, he's some player. Mm. He's some player. We pick, so we used, sad, you know what? We used, to, we used to pick New South Wales halfbacks in round two. Now we're picking Walkers. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, there you go. Mitch Kenny, by the way. <laughs> Jaden Braley. Yes. Jaden Braley. <laughs> They've got a very capable backup in Mitch Kenny. He'll expect it to start the game at number nine or... Playing dummy half for that yeah, matter right. versus the Bulldogs. Crunch time. Thanks to Red Rooster. Seize the cheese. Try the tri- <laughs> try the new <laughs> triple cheeseburger today. Limited time. So get in fast. Webby, the Rooster's calling. Uh, Beta Mainhoff, you just keep thinking about it. Crunch time. Thanks to Red Rooster. Try the new triple cheeseburger. The Rooster's calling. And you've been Googling, Webby. Yeah, I've been trying to find the nearest one near me. Because <laughs> I know where I'm going when this show's off. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, right now, let's turn the attention to you, my friend. Uh, oh, me. What's making news? I want to ask you the first question. Uh, Sam Walker, I was reading during the week uh, and hearing Trent Robinson considering the debut of Sam Walker. One thing I know about that particular headline, he's not considering anything. He knows by now whether... He's playing Sam Walker or he's not playing. Uh, have you got any clue? We had no idea what was going to happen with Cronk in that grand final. <laughs> What's going to happen with Sam Walker? Um, well, maybe I could use the – maybe uh, Sam Walker will use the line that Cooper Cronk did in grand final week. You're on a need-to-know basis and, quite frankly, you don't need, need to, to know. know. Oh, please. I was in that pre- in that well, yeah. yeah, and I actually turned my tape recorder off and said, I'm pretty sure – I don't care. <laughs> did you? I did. Oh, but I did care. Good. I did care. I did care. So Look, what do you there, make so there's this? mail the mail was uh, getting pretty strong at the start of the week that he would play off the bench. Mm-hmm. Um Robbo was typically cryptic in his last press conference uh, of the week when he said that um he was considering playing him. The answer is a pineapple. I'm not entirely sure. Mm. But the Roosters are quite good at playing ducks and drakes when it comes to selection, as the rules of the game allow them to. I, don't, I think I, don't, I think there needs to be greater transparency around what teams and injuries. I'm I'm intrigued by the news that Coruscant is out mm. with a broken wrist this close to the start of the game. Yes, mm. with for six weeks. And we know I would have thought you'd know whether he had a the scans would have revealed on Monday morning whether he was going to be playing or not. Yeah, a broken wrist is a broken wrist. That's right. So why is, why is he named? I don't know. That's well, because he's allowed. Because they're allowed to. Yeah, and one one player we know who won't be playing. Uh, we know that Matt Burton is playing for Penrith. So Canterbury be watching on there. Personally, I think about this. We've got one hundred and twenty thousand people or thereabouts, gentlemen, playing Super Coach. The whole game of Super Coach is to have players at a value, uh, which is you're paying far less than what the market value says. So I personally think there was a time and a place where uh, Matt Burton. His parents, perhaps, his advisors, his player managers said, yep, this is a great contract to sign, and he signed it. So what's the problem? That's what I think. In what regard? In him? In the hoo-ha about he should be going to Canterbury and people saying, look after the kid, etc." Do you know what? Sometimes the, the best it's, gift... It's the, it's the system. Yeah. It's the system, man. It's the system. Okay, what do you think about this, boys? I have this idea, which I think would slow down players leaving, wanting to cut off their contracts early. One of the incentives for Matt Burton to go to Canterbury is a significant pay increase this year, Mm. right? So why can't we have, okay, well, Matt Burton, you can request to go to Canterbury, and if both parties agree, you will be at Canterbury. However, 
the contract amount that you've signed in your final year of the contract is only what you can earn at the other club. That's, what do you think look, about that? I, I like it. They're mm. looking at it. Yeah. They're certainly looking at it. But then again, there's still no obligation of the Panthers to let him go. No. Because they are worried about origin when you know yeah. they've, got, they've got Cleary will obviously play. Luai was in the squad for, for Freddie last year. The pro, even then, though, it's not going to get rid of the fact that you are still, because of the contract system and the transfer system in rugby league, signing players 12 to 16 months, in, in Burton's case, yeah. before he arrives. Yeah. Now, that's got to change. I, I love the idea of a transfer window straight at the end of the, of the season. Now, the RLPA will say that doesn't give families enough time to get up and move. Oh, and, and you know what? It's professional bloody sport. Now, Brendan Cowell is here, representative of a fan in many ways, representing the fans. How do you view it as a, as a Sharkies fan, this sort of transfer situation? Well, I just think about the player, you know. Um, I, as an actor, like, imagine if I was, you know, in a movie, but I'm not, there's two other guys playing my part until they're injured. Mm. So I might get a go playing the part in two years. I just want to act, yeah. you know, and I just feel really bad for the kid because he should be playing footy. He's very yeah. good. I actually thought, you know, he would be in the first selection, but then Luai's been, you know, extraordinary. He's mm. probably another guy you'd you'd want injured. He's an excitement machine, isn't he? I mean, I, I saw him on the bench at Origin. I thought, geez, I wonder what he would have done in game yeah. three. You yeah. know what I mean? Because he doesn't care. He'll do, he mm. just gets the ball and goes for it. But I feel for Matt Burton. I wonder if, can they not do one of those... Momorowski, Harry Grant, he well, can he swaps. not play rugby league? Well, didn't they year? offer Dylan Napa? Didn't they want uh, Dylan they Napa? Did. They looked, they, they knocked it back. Yeah, they knocked it back, and then I think it was, I think it was an ambit claim anyway. Yeah, okay. Because I think they knew that. The, oh, I think right. they would just said it, and they knew that the Canterbury would say no. Again, it doesn't. I don't think that's what I, I like that you can have that flexibility in mm. in club transfers. But again, at the wider issue of players moving and signing so far in advance, and of course that player agent, it it, it, it makes. The Bulldogs and his agent try and entice yes. um, Burton to break a contract. That's right. And that's madness. There's no no other competition in the professional competition in the world where that would be the case. Sometimes the best gifts come badly wrapped. If I'm a parent of Matt Burton, and knowing what I know now as a former player, I would be telling him to stay. And I say this for this reason. Happy sure. Coruscant was playing a lot of reserve grade the year uh, they won the comp South Sydney. He's now a premiership winner, Happy Coruscant. Let's fast forward and assume the Bulldogs missed the top eight. And let's just hypothetically say the Panthers are in the grand final. Yeah. If Matt Burton is playing in a grand final, do you think on grand final day he'll be wishing that he'd got out and played he, for the Bulldogs? Where's he playing? Mm. What, where's he playing? Where's but, he but in the 17? Where was Coruscant playing? It, it, things just work out. It, it, sliding mm. doors of so sport. If, if, and, if um breaks his ankle in the shower or, or something. Or a centre. Right. Can he play centre? Yeah, that that's, yeah, yeah, that, can he that's play, a possibility. Can he come on as a 14? Can he roam around the centres a lot? He's a class, like class player. He can yeah. play. Absolutely. Uh, Webby, we move along to the back page of the Sydney Morning Herald. Uh, Cold War. McLaughlin silence on Volandis speaks volumes. What do we learn here? <laughs> so Peter Volandis had his uh, rather inflammatory uh, interview with Matty Johns during the week on mm. Wednesday on Fox Sports. I've been trying to get Gil McLaughlin, the urbane CEO of uh, the AFL, for an interview for a while mm. because I'm curious about uh, the health of the two Sydney AFL teams mm. given um, the Swans haven't made the finals the last two years. GWS, after winning a grand final, oh, sorry, after playing in a grand final in 19, um, didn't make the finals last year. And I'm, I, I, you know, in my role as chief sports writer, I've got to branch out into other sports, but. I find it interesting that Peter Volandis has been so combative, so combative, and so 
aggressive when it comes to the AFL. So I did a, a face, uh, was it a FaceTime? Was it a Zoom? A, no, it was a, what's the other one? The Microsoft Teams meeting. Right. So I did a t- Microsoft Teams meeting, which I have to say exciting. I wouldn't. Yeah, how exciting. So I'm <laughs> I'm sitting there face to face with yeah. Gil McLaughlin and I'm sitting there going, oh, maybe I should have put a collared shirt on or something. He's like mm. leaning back with a, the floppy hair yeah. in the, um, in his home office, leaning back with the big, you know, collar open and. Hi, no, he called me Webby. Oh, did he? Mm. Did he? So he must have been worded up. Yeah. They're still, to... they're still playing AFL, are they? <laughs> <Is> that all, <laughs> that's all still happening? <laughs> I wanted to try and get him into a war of words with Peter Volandis, yeah. and he just wouldn't buy it. Right. So he just kept, oh, Andrew, we're just, we're just uh, worried about what we do. We respect other sports. He wouldn't buy it. Really? And I said after the second question, I went, so this is a strategy. You don't, you, you're not even going to mention his name. You're not even going to mention the NRL. You're not even going to mention rugby league. The coach whisperer. Anyway, he started, he's a, <laughs> that's yeah. it. Yeah. That's it. He started laughing. He said, look, you know, Andrew, Webby, we're just doing what we do. I said, this yeah. is, I said, we're well, drawing more attention yeah, to it. Yeah, so yeah. it was a rather comical. Um, we're just taking it one team's meeting at a time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But I think it's smart. So as I've written, as I've written, <laughs> Microsoft, I like that. We're just yeah. giving it 80% on the team's meeting. <laughs> God, I might change that online. That's yeah. a good line. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's a smart play. One from McLaughlin, he's on a hiding to nothing. If he if he bites, then it's just he plays Volandi's game. Yeah. But it's a really smart play from Peter Volandi's, who is not just a great administrator, but he's a great salesman. Oh, yeah. As we've seen in racing and as we've seen yeah. in rugby league, he is talking to a demographic, to a supporter base that for years has felt like it's been abandoned by the people that run the game. Mm. They think it's professional bureaucrats that, that, that have come into sport, lawyers, accountants, yep. former refs. Yep. And he gets in and he takes the fight up to the AFL and we don't feel like we've really had that. The only one who really did it was when, when GWS first came to the western suburbs of Sydney was Gus. Yeah. Gus found himself as the general manager of football out at, Pen- at Penrith. Yeah. But, but because the NRL weren't doing anything to combat GWS and the fact that the AFL were prepared to pay tens of millions of dollars for this bastard child called GWS in the West. Yep. Mm. Gus had to fight the good fight himself. Yeah. And that, so now they've got someone similar in Volandi. So it's it's a nice old stink where you've got Peter throwing haymakers and McLaughlin pretending that he doesn't exist. And former players throwing haymakers. You sat down with uh, Michael Cronin during the week. I don't know if you sat down with him. but I did, I did. I sat in the, down in the backyard of... Um, did you? Yeah, of, uh, of Ian Heads, the very respected rugby league reporter. Mm. Um I love the crow. Yeah. He's just one of those decent human beings. So he's finished up after 12 years as coach of Gerringong. Um Five premierships, wow. including one last year. And he just sort of quietly slipped into retirement, rugby league retirement. Mm. And Hedzie thought I should do a piece with him. But he made some really pointed comments about former players. He said, he said some of these former players who sit on TV panels forget they played a bad game. Yeah. And I think he was talking actually specifically about you. Oh, is that right? No, he was. <laughs> I played – I don't forget that. <laughs> I don't remember the good game I played. So so there you go. Thank you, no, Michael Cronin. He's very did, good. Did he actually – off the record, you don't need to share this, did he point to anyone specifically? He said a few things. He, yeah. he thought it was – Um, he said this on the record. I just didn't have space for it. But he thought the uh, commentary around Darius Boyd last year not having a go was, right. was too much. Yes. Um. So he's, you know, he's one of the most respected blokes in the game, yeah, Mick. Absolutely. Uh, okay, this is a big subject, uh, concussion. We'll get to your book at the end of the show, uh, oh, Brendan, right. as well, which you're doing on concussion. But uh, I'm very strong on the fact that we need to have this 
this player available on the bench. And they may have played. Look, you've got the case here, what the Mounties taking on the Penrith Panthers, who are both the feeder clubs to their respective first-grade teams, the Mounties being Canterbury, um, that you should be able to have players back up, maybe a back and a forward. And in the event of either foul play or concussion, you can use one of these players. Now, people will say that, oh, yeah, but coaches are going to manipulate the rule. Okay, well, they do well, now. Yes, but... They do with the HIAs. Yes. Okay, yes. But if all of a sudden you say, if you use this 18th or 19th player for this very reason being concussion or foul play, then, well, not so much in the event of foul play, but certainly for concussion, then that player is not to play next week. So, for example, if it's a forward who would ordinarily come off with 15 minutes to go, all of a sudden they're coming off a concussion, well, that player can't play next week if you use the replacement player. What do you think? I agree. I I think they can't do enough. Mm. And I think the NRL have been putting band-aids on the concussion issue for a while. I think they don't I don't think they're transparent enough with it. Like mm. the situation around Matt Dufty uh from the Sharks game mm. and why he was allowed back on the field. And I understand why. Under those protocols I get it. And this, you know, there's a lot of rhetoric around him um you know, he was knocked out and unconscious. If you actually look at the footage, he just he jumps to his feet and, and joins the fight. Yeah. But the, the NRL was like drawing blood from a stone trying to get some comment about what that, that Dufty incident. Um, I think they're losing, at, le- at the very least, the public battle when it comes to concussions. And, Brendan, in the, uh, this is an ideal scenario where it's both concussion and foul play, where Police Kafusi, dangerous contact, he can, can accept uh, an early plea for two weeks, right? So he stays on the field. Mm. Parramatta are significantly disadvantaged because A, Felice Cafusi stays on the field. The only teams who get advantage out of Felice Cafusi getting two weeks is the teams playing them, i.e. not Parramatta. Mm. And uh, they they are without Ryan Madison for the rest of the game. So it's a perfect example of where this rule could come into play. Yeah, it's 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 definitely uh, worth investigating, isn't it? Having, having a look at that rule and... It kind of reminds me of how, you know, when players that have off-field behaviours and clubs that have to get rid of them and then they just move into another club that yeah. we will take you. And you think, hang on, how did that club, club lose it for this guy yeah. for doing something silly? So there needs to be some kind of correlation between what happens. But I also think maybe, you know, this is a tough game. It's a collision sport. It's it's incredibly, incredibly tough. I just I just think a lot of the, the stuff that causes concussions comes from pretty crazy hits lose hits, cheap shots and stuff like that. And I wonder if that could be more built in to each club in seminars and training mm. to just go hit like this, hit hard, go for it. This stuff is out yeah. and you'll be penalised. And that within the club culture, that has to be enforced. You've got to look after each other. Mm. And, and it is a game at the end of the day. And I'll maybe players stop could take more responsibility. I'll t- I'll, yeah, but I'll tell you what will stop them. Six weeks. Yeah. Mm. Tell me, tell me Jesse Ramian... It deserves three weeks. Yeah. And I'm not saying it because I'm a Dragon supporter. No. If that's not a swinging arm, if that's not a six-week suspension, I'll give it away. Kafusi's in the same ballpark. Brendan and I were talking about... Uh, Two and three weeks for those type of tackles that mm. cause that type of damage yeah. is not enough. Brendan and I were talking about off-air uh, off about the fact that just because it happens on a football field, should it be treated any differently to what would happen in society? You can't... Mm. Now, I know what you're saying, but there's got to be lengthy delays is what I I'm agree. coming with you there. I agree. Uh, this is crunch time. Thanks to Red Rooster. Seize the cheese. Try the new triple cheeseburger today. Limited time, so get in fast. The Rooster's calling. There's plenty of text messages here. We'll get to those after the break. 0457 736 736. Speaking about concussion, very public this week was James Graham. He'll be involved in the call this afternoon where Manly take on the Roosters for NRL Nation. 
Nation. We've got the game on SEN as well from 3pm. You can listen to all that via however you listen to SEN or via the app. And Peter Volandis will join Crunch Time, this particular show, next week. So get ready to tune into that. Uh, get your text messages. Keep coming in. 0457 736 736. This is Crunch Time. Uh, around the grounds we go. Bankwest Stadium holding up very, very good ahead of the Panthers versus the Bulldogs. You'll hear that call with Jimmy Smith and Scotty Sattler. That is from 3pm on SEN League. 18 points to 8. Panthers leading the Mounties, who are the feeder club of the Canterbury Bulldogs. Half an hour remaining in that game. So they're scoring points. No problem. This is crunch time. Thanks to Red Rooster. Tried the new triple cheeseburger. The Rooster's calling. Uh, to the text line we go. Uh, Spa, uh, where is he here? Uh, Sharpie, he's saying that, uh, thanks boys, I'm stuck inside all day for various reasons. Uh, love listening. When the Broncos play the Dragons, this is Rod from Nowra, it could be their first win. It could be their first oh, win when Rod. the Broncos take <laughs> on the Dragons. Uh, here's another one uh, from Raphael. I hope the boys don't panic, inverted commas, if a six-again call goes their way. Great show, boys. That comes from Raphael. Hi, Joel, Webby and Brendan. As a dog supporter of over 50 years, I have no issue with Penrith keeping Burton for this year because of two reasons. One, I think Aravillo can... Avarillo, let's do that again, can develop into a class number six. And it would be unfair for him to lose his place as a dog's junior. Give him this year and see how he goes. Number two, Hopawadi is not a long-term solution to the dog's right centre position. So if Burton gets experience there with Penrith, it will only benefit the dog's long-term if Avarillo excels this year at number six. Burton can play right centre next year. Your thoughts, Bulldogs, Bob? I like that. You like that? Yeah, that's good, calm. Forward thinking from a Bulldog supporter. Absolutely, point, it is. Uh, now, this guy here is a former Panther, a former Rabbitoh. In fact, in many ways, this afternoon, it's the Spud Carroll Cup. South mm. Sydney taking on Manly. Uh, a revelation during the week, uh, Brendan, a mate of yours being yeah. Spud. And, and he spoke about that he has 70 squirts each and every day of whoa, cologne. Whoa. Oh, yeah. God, Sir squirt a lot. Yeah. Uh, look good, feel good, smell good, I think, is his mantra. <laughs> uh, one of many of his mantras. Yeah. I've been training at Spud's gym for nearly 10 years now uh, when I can afford it. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, Spud, because he's always – he's got six or seven bottles of cologne on top of the fridge there. Wow. And um, next to the, next to the you know, the whole array of Lynx Africas or yeah, whatever yeah. that are going on there. <laughs> And yeah, he's 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 he's, he's squirting all the time. He sir squirt a lot. Uh, the Why great Spud Carroll. He moved. He moved his gym, didn't he? Yeah, he, he moved to. his gym up, up the street. But I think he might have to move again. There's a there's a situation. But there's always a situation. But wherever he goes, uh, you know, I'll be there. Um, and so will all that cologne. Um, but yeah. how what a snappy dresser he is as well. I tell you what, and he's that, got the that's ca- a revelation. The more you know, I remember when I was doing the league lounge and stuff, of, and and meeting all these brutes of rugby league, and and it was like almost like the tougher players that I met were <laughs> like the the puppy dogs in real life, like all these lovely guys that you've watched, you know, in in full enforcer mode, him running at, at the chief, etc. You know what I mean? And they're and they're very not. He's a lovely man. I've noticed on Fox's coverage, they love a chief. Mm. Yeah. What's yeah. that going on with that? I don't know. Well, I think Spud started that. He he raised the bar. Um, when the tide rises, all boats Whereas rise. Whereas Channel 9 have sort of abandoned the tides. Mm. Mm. Yeah, fun fact. Uh, here's a fun fact. Uh, not so fun if you're the person, but uh, it's a year to the day. And this is pretty much which started COVID, and this is when the, the pubs and clubs started to, to, to close. Kenny Rogers, he passed away oh. a year today. Wow. Yeah. But his well. face will live on. The gambler. Isn't this one of the great? When you're at a pub or a party, 
You know what made me think about that, Brendan? You're talking about um, shops having to move, Spud Carroll's shop having to move. True story. So he ventured into chicken shops, Kenny Rogers Roasters. Yeah. And, And he actually had one particular shop. And when you go past, and he tells this Kenny Rogers, when you go past a roasting shop, it smells beautiful. However, if you live above a roasting shop and you're copying us all the time, it's putrid, right? Mm. So they had complaints from a person living above them to the point where they were trying to take them to court to get rid of the, the shop. And in the end, it wouldn't budge. So what the guy did, put up a big sign, said uh, bad chicken and pointed down to the shop. Jerry Seinfeld lived in the neighbourhood, right? And they made that a, a show. They made that as one of That's the Seinfeld right. episodes, Bad Chicken, which is a true story of a Kenny Rogers roasting house. Wow. There you go. Yeah. Jeez. I've learned so much today. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all been based around... Chicken. 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 Yeah. Red Rooster, thank you very much. Uh, Rightio, boys, let's have a quick preview of the round. Uh, Sharks take you on the Raiders. We'll work backwards at Netstrata Jubilee. You'll be there, Brendan Kelly. I'll be there at my home ground, Netstrata Jubilee, yeah. the greatest place on earth, tomorrow afternoon where we play in the Blake Ferguson Todd Carney Cup, I oh, think yeah. it's called. Oh, uh, Sharks v Raiders. Yeah. Um, I'm, Breezer. I'm, Shouldn't it be a Breezer Cup? Yeah, sure. <laughs> be sponsored by, yeah. Uh, but, look, Cruiser. The they were Cruisers, so. We're looking fit. We're looking good. John John Morris has us up. Um, and I think last week, you know, would have been a really good kind of tester for us. We, we came away with the points. We we fell away a bit towards the end. But I reckon the Raiders might be a little bit worried because we can, you know, we can ruffle the storm. We oh, can yeah. also ruffle Canberra. Yeah, it goes so back to the, the look days. Look out the milk. Ooh, the milk. Watch out there. Uh, Rightio, Webby, the Tigers take you on the Roosters. We don't know what's happening with Sam Walker. I think this Dane Laurie, this youngster, the fullback for the Tigers, is a little bit of a uh, rugby league Ben Barber clone on the field. X-Factor. Yes. He brings X-Factor. Yes, he does. I can't see them getting anywhere near the Roosters. I thought the Tigers were very disappointing against the Raiders last week. After all those off-season promises about, mm. you know, a, a, a team with a harder edge defensively, they mm. folded pretty poorly. But Manly's um, defence was pretty bad last week. I mean, I get it, it. it won't be that. No, I know, but... But I thought I thought they were very ordinary against Canberra, and I can't see them doing any damage to to the Roosters. Okay, um, there you go. Cowboys take on the Dragons tonight. Queensland Country Bank Stadium. It'll be a sellout. Well, close to. It'll be a huge crowd. The only thing is, Brendan, no Taumalolo. He's out for the best part of a month with a broken hand. She's he's had quite the dramatic start to the twenty twenty one season. Yes. Is he with old Toddy? Yeah. Is um Toddy going to go back to the Warriors now? What's he going to do? Yeah. No, look. Um, I, I don't know. I geez, I really like that Scott Drinkwater. I think he's a proper player. Um, I wonder if uh, Holmes and, and Morgan, are Holmes and Morgan going to turn up? If they do, they're dangerous, yeah. but they look a little bit out of sorts. Um, you know, against my uh, patriotism to the Cronulla Sharks, I think the Dragons might take him. Come on, Jack Burton. Yes. Have a crack, Jack. I love that player. Jack Burton. Great to see him back on the field, isn't it? Absolutely. I, I thought the cows were okay. Yeah, defensively yeah. against uh, against Penrith last weekend, they had nothing in attack. I'd like to see a lot more from the Dragons. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, people are going to obviously look at things through the prism of Anthony Griffin, 
Mm. Is he? Can he? Be, can people look through him as a yeah, prisoner? As a prisoner. Can, can, there's, there's an app. There's an app. There's yeah. an app. You can get, and you just look through everything. <laughs> yeah. uh, you speak a little bit slower. You're the a little eyes, more old fashioned. The eyes are windows yeah. to well, the is soul. It, it's not. It's ty- It's Corey Norman Cup, isn't it? Oh, is it his it's time yeah. to have a crack. Is everyone's is. looking at Corey? My yeah. only my, look, but you can't blame Griffin for the way that they played in some of those areas mm. last week. No, well, they didn't get into dummy half, drop mm. balls. Um, uh, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more in attack mm. than Ben Hunt putting bomb after bomb up to the uh, to the fullback. But um, yeah, they they need to improve dramatically. Thanks. And with the likes of you know Griffin and Kevy, who they've come in because the coach has been sacked, and and they've they've got to you know try and make something happen real quick. It's like when I go to makeup on a Sunday at the Footy Show, I'll see you there, and and I say, girls, can you turn me from a two out of ten to a to a four out of ten? Mm. They say. We're ma- uh, makeup artists, not magicians. Prosthetics. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. I've actually right. Th- seen two people working on you at the most yeah, time at the yeah, footy it, show. It is a mission impossible. Seagulls take on the Rabbitohs at a very, very soaked Brookvale Oval, and the Bulldogs will take on the Panthers. Repeating the news, Appy Coruscant out for up to six weeks. So that is a big mm, out for them. Uh, before we go, boys, you've been on fire too. We've got about 50 seconds here. Brendan, tell us about the book you're doing. Yeah, I've got a book that's out with Harper Collins in October. I started writing in lockdown last year in London and, um, you know, kind of combines my two passions, which is rugby league and poetry, yeah. writing and rugby. Um, and it's about a guy who, um, you know, suffers an incident at work, an epileptic fit, and, and um, realize, a Gavin Miller-like character oh, yeah. who, because of his concussions, finds out he's got a brain disorder, but he uh, then starts working at security and stumbles upon a poetry night and language starts to kind of rebuild him. So it's kind of about players after their professional career yep. and whether you can kind of just let it go with the booze and everything or you can, you know, have a second crack at it. So it's kind of about mental health, booze, concussion and the love of the written word. The book is called Plum. Plum. Webby, thank you very much, sir. Let's get this thank shake. Thank you, Jolly. How we started. <laughs> yep. uh, Brendan, thank you Mate, very much. Thanks for having me. Good to be here on SCN. Amen. Congratulations. Anyway, enjoy your Saturday, people, and we'll catch you next week. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.